Hebrews chapter 11, verse 29 and 30. I had three things, three things around both ears a while ago. I had my glasses, a mast, and two hooks on a, on a thing. And I was so tangled up, I decided I would just stay in the office and get untangled before I came out. And so uh, we got this new mic. We're trying it out. And so far, so good. Hebrews chapter 11, Hall of Fame of Faith. I don't know about you, but I want to believe God. And I want to be a pastor that believes God. I want to pastor people that believe God. And folks, I believe it's the difference uh, in possessing the abundant life. Uh, look at verse 29. Uh, the Bible says, And by faith they passed through the Red Sea, and by dry land, which the Egyptians assailing to do, were drowned. And so... By faith, we are delivered. And by faith, we come out uh, of bondage. You talk about liberation. You talk about uh, um, freedom from slavery. Uh, these Israelites uh, made bricks out of mud and beat, and they were just slaves and um, had nothing. And man, God brought them out. And God brings you out when you're saved. You was nothing but a slave dead to uh, the things of God, couldn't have your prayers answered, couldn't uh, have anything uh, worthwhile, and God gave you the privilege of coming out of that world. But look at verse 30. Let's stand in honor of the Word of God. Verse 30, it'll be our text. You only stand one verse, so it'll help you. The Bible says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, and after they were compassed about seven days. You may be seated as I pray. Father, Thank you for this uh, one verse we're going to dwell on and some back in Joshua 5 and 6. And thank you, dear God, for the promise of the abundant life that the promised land represents, flowing with milk and honey, flowing with joy and sweetness of your presence. Lord, we thank you for the abundant life. The world has no idea how to be fulfilled. They're searching, they're groping for satisfaction, for fulfillment, but they have no idea. They cannot find it. It's just a, life's just a vapor. But sometimes life's just a, a nightmare because they're always dissatisfied. But Lord, we thank you that you're the shepherd. And we shall not want. God, that you bring us not only out, but you bring us in to the abundant life, the life of Christianity the life of representing you, the life of being your child, the life of being your servant. And so, Lord, tonight, help us rejoice in the fact that not only you bring us out, but you bring us in. And, God, there's many obstacles. And so, Lord, give us faith to overcome every one of them. And we'll praise you and thank you for going in and possessing what you have for us as Christians. Well, we pray these things in your name and for your glory. Pray that we'd open our hearts as already been prayed, that God would open our hearts today uh, to hear the gospel and be changed. Well, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see the Bible tells us that by faith we're saved. And by faith we enter in. God not only called us out, he called us in. He called us to be with him. He called us to be witnesses, but first of all, he called us to be with him. And folks, what a beautiful communion that is. What a great life it is. To be a Christian. I think we ought to rejoice.
And I believe we ought to smile by faith when we feel like fretting. I feel like we ought to smile by faith when we feel like um, giving up. And folks, there's many walls uh, of obstacles uh, in our life. Uh, there's Jerichos in every one of our lives, every one of our lives. Um, I was thinking about Miss uh, Hazel, and that funeral is going to be at 10 o'clock at the graveside, and I need somebody to tape it. I wish it was inside so we could tape it and broadcast it to you because I know a lot of you are not going to be there. Or somebody will tape it, uh, Facebook Live or something. I don't know how to do all that stuff, but uh, we're going to do that because I want um, some people to see it. But I, I'm, I'm developing a message thinking about how faithful she was and she could have been bitter and that could have knocked her out of the abundant life but she called me just recently I called her two days ago and she said uh, I'm fine and she said I'm weak but I'm fine and she was she was she was had a good attitude and folks I want you to know there's a lot of Jerichos our health unhealthy bodies are a Jericho uh, unfulfilled dreams uh, unholy passions uh, un, uh, unhappy marriages, my goodness. If you marry wrong, you're in trouble. You know, and, and some of you have, but you're working on it. Amen. No. And God can, God can uh, help you. And God can give you the abundant life in marriage. And it's sad when you go home and you're sad. It's sad when you go home and there's no faith by both husband and wife. And the children are not walking in truth, but they're walking in a lie, the lie of this world. And so, folks, I want to give you five things real quick about um, uh, removing the obstacles of faith. Number one, I want you to notice the worship of faith. Let's go back to Joshua now, chapter 5. This one verse describes all of that, chapter 5 and chapter 6. We'll go back to Joshua. Remember when we started the book of Joshua several months ago? It's been 21 weeks, hasn't it, Brother Jack, Miss Rebecca? Y'all know how many Sunday school lessons y'all taught? You have no idea you lost count. Well, it's about 21. 21 weeks without Sunday school. 21 weeks without a nursery. That's been a long time. I thought it would be two weeks. I'm naive. I'm dumb as a, a load of bricks, I guess. I thought, man, this, this thing's going to pass over two weeks. And uh, boy, was I wrong. But I want to tell you something, friend. I believe that we ought to go through this and be closer to God than we were when this started. And I started the book of Joshua many months ago or weeks ago, 22 weeks ago or so, uh, the whole book, the whole month of March, and then we got interrupted, and I hope it's a divine interruption and not a demonic interruption. But I want you to notice, first of all, the worship of faith. The worship of faith. Faith begins and grows as we realize who he is and realize we cannot do a thing without him that accomplish anything. You need God. You know, this independent uh, fundamental movement is good, but I want to tell you something. This independent, uh, not dependent on God is bad. And there's a lot of people that shake their fists at God every day and say, I don't need you. I don't need the local church. I don't need God's word. I don't need you, God. And they shake their fist at God, and they wave their obstinate heart at God and say, I don't need you. Well, I'm going to tell you, one day they'll find out that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Amen? And he is Lord. But I want you to see what Joshua did. I believe he went out to the outskirts of his camp. And he was a military general and he knew about military strategy. 
But as he looked at the walls of Jericho, it must have blew his little mind if he had a little one or a big one. He must have said, this is the biggest obstacle that I've ever seen. And the armies behind it, there was a twofold, 12-foot wide wall, and then they had a, a, a path between the wall kind of raised up for guards to march around that, that fortress called Jericho. And it was a mighty army, a mighty fortress. And I believe this was an obstacle in Joshua's eyes, and he's out there wondering, what in the world and how are we going to get over that wall? And look at what happened in verse 13, Joshua chapter 5. Find it, it's really good. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. It says it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. That means he was looking at the obstacles. You ever looked at your obstacles? I mean, they look real big, don't they? Then you look at yourself and you say, who am I to uh, be a good parent, to be a good husband, to be a good wife? to be a good child, to be anything for God. Who am I? And we look at ourselves with a grasshopper mentality. But look at this. It says, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him, and his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said to him, Are thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, no, but as the captain of the host of the Lord, I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? So I need some direction. I need some help. Look at verse 15. And the captain of the Lord's host, that's none other than Jesus Christ, by the way, said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoes from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Folks, I want you to see this unexpected visitor to the general, to the military strategist, the man that had to get over a wall that he could never climb, that he could never go through, and this obstacle was looming in his heart and his life. And he didn't know where to turn and all of a sudden, somebody approaches him with a sword. Now, he wanted to say, are you for us or against us? And he, and he said, no. Verse 14, that's exactly what he said. He said, I haven't come to take sides. I've come to take over. Amen. I'll tell you something. God's come to take over. He's Lord. He's God. He's almighty. And he's got everything under his control if we'll just yield to him. We get in trouble when we rebel. We get in trouble when we waver from God's path. We get in trouble when we say, I think I can handle it myself. And we get in trouble when we say, I've got a plan. i got a plan. i got a plan that will overcome this pandemic. I've got a plan to overcome this violence in the streets. And folks, Joshua fell on his face and he took off his shoes. I believe that he might have been near the path that he, they were about to start walking one day for six days and then seven times on the 13th, uh, on the uh, seventh day. Thirteen times they would pass over that holy ground. It became holy ground. Folks, Joshua is face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ. Joshua was, was problem conscious until he became 
the omnipotent, omniscient God conscious. He said, God, you are God. And he announced himself as the captain of the host. You know what that means? Power. I mean omnipotent. He is all powerful. There is nothing that my God cannot do. And folks, when we face the obstacles, when's he going to get saved? When's our son or daughter going to come back home into the will of God? Folks, we need not to try to see that obstacle because this world is a terrible obstacle. Uh, it's got its teeth in everything. The philosophy is spewing forth that you don't need God and you can make it on your own. But I want to tell you something, friend. What we need to do is see him who's invisible, as Moses did, and as Joshua did, but not only see him as invisible, but see him as invincible. He's God. He's God. Folks, we need to, start our, we need to stop our pouting and our fretting and our whining and our complaining. We need to start worshiping. I want to tell you the solution to our problem. But we got to see him. And folks, we see him when we open his book. We see him when we listen in prayer and when we pray. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 4, verse 1, set your affections on things that are above. Folks, we need to see him that is above all our problems, all our obstacles. Folks, I'll tell you what, I'm glad that Miss Hazel did not let that one arm and hand sever her relationship with God. It could have. I'm glad to say, I'm glad that she didn't say, hey, I'm not going to serve God because I've got an excuse. No, she had one arm left and one hand left and she served a whole lot of cookies and a whole lot of Kool-Aid out there under that hot pavilion. And then when they, when they started having food, she about worked Pete to death. Amen. Praise God. We called her Sister Sergeant. She knew how to boss people around, amen? But she got the job done, say amen? What she left, lost with that left or right arm, I'll check that out later and find, find out which one it is because it's key to my message Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning. But I'm going to tell you this, friend. She didn't lose her spirit, and she didn't lose her God, and she didn't lose her vision of who God is. And, folks, a lot of people use that as obstacle. How many would have used that as an excuse? How many of you would have pouted for about 20 years? How many of you would fret it? How many would you shook the fist that you had left and say, God, why did you allow this accident of this plant to take my, my arm and my hand? But no, folks, she went on for God because why? She set her affections on things above, not on the things of earth. For we are dead and your life is hid in Christ Jesus. The Bible says in verse 4 of Colossians 3, it says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. What a hope. Praise God, what a hope. I like um, what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing, we're also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. That's all the witnesses in Hebrews 11. That's not that somebody's looking down at heaven and seeing you do all that you do. You better be glad they don't see all that you do. Amen. But it says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Well, that's a great verse about setting the weights aside and uh, not being so easily beset and have patience and run the race for his, for, for his glory and the path that God's given you. God opens up a door, run through it. God, God uh, uh, promises you something, he 
you get a promise and a word from God, don't look at the problem. And don't look at the obstacles. Look at the Lord of the host. Because look at verse 2, Hebrews 12. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm going to tell you what, I'm just going to tell you the truth. Let me just talk to you just a second. One of the greatest rebukes I've of our faith, who, uh, who went all the way to Calvary. And folks, he was despised and he was shamed. Praise God right now, he's sitting on the right hand of God, the throne of God, and that's where we ought to keep the, 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 the image and the vision of our worship. Not some defeated Satan servant, not some defeated uh, uh, person on the cross, Praise God, he arose three days later. He's on the right hand of God. He ascended 40 days later. And praise God, he ever liveth to make intercession for us. And he said he'd never leave us or forsake us. We need to worship, worship when there's an obstacle. And folks, I've seen it over and over again in my 46 years of preaching. A lot of times when there's obstacles, people quit. When there's problems, they quit. God didn't call, God didn't call uh, promise you a padded cross. God said he'd give you a cross. And that cross is to identify with him and to, and to bear his shame and to bear his name gladly and march to his orders and overcome the obstacles that you cannot overcome, but you let God overcome them supernaturally. Number two, we see the work of faith. Look at chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, the work of faith. The Bible says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because the children of Israel, none went out, none came in. Well, we can identify with that, can't we? Somewhat, uh, especially the first few weeks. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given unto thy hand Jericho. <laughs> They're sitting ducks, is what he was saying. And the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thou shalt do, thou, and thou, thou shalt, and thus shalt thou do six days. And the seventh priest shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priest shall blow with the trumpet. Now look at verse 5. And the Bible says, And it shall come to pass. Aren't you glad of that phrase in the Bible, it shall come to pass. I pray this stuff will come to pass, amen. But look, it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when he hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat. The people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Now, folks, that's strange command. To a military general, that is strange. He didn't say go dig some tunnels. He didn't say dig some foxholes. He didn't say get a military strategy. He didn't say go bring some tanks in and bombard or 
or whatever they throw those big rocks with. They're not called tanks. But anyway, uh, harbingers or whatever they are. Amen. Uh, bring those in. All that military strategy he could have heard from the commander-in-chief. But folks, praise God. He said, you're going to go around once for six days. Then on the seventh day, the priest is going to come before the ark. And the seven trumpets will... Uh, ram's horns and, and the seventh day uh, you'll pass the city seven times total of 13. On that seventh day the people were to shout. That's unusual. I mean, we're having a war here. We're trying to overcome a, a, a bunch of military people that know how to fight and you're calling us to shout. And the walls of the city will fall flat. They were not digging tunnels. They were not building ladders. They were walking. And they were worshiping. And they were acknowledging the ark that's representative of his presence. And folks, they were compassing the wall, but they were obeying by faith. They're obeying by faith. You know, I guarantee you, knowing people as I know people, and you know people just like this, there were some complainers in the group. Come on now. There were some that was negative, said, hey, Josh, this is not going to work. I guarantee there was some powders and whiners in there too and said, why do we have to do that, Joshua? And Joshua did not have an answer. It wasn't his strategy. It was the, uh, the Lord of hosts because he'd been worshiping. He said, we're going to believe God's word. And we're going to obey it. This book is not just for knowledge. This book is to believe and obey. There's no other way. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, if you'll turn with me there in the, in the Word of God, the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and you know the verses, but I want to read them to you because we need it this day and age because we're sure trying to trust ourselves. We're trying to figure all this out, aren't we? There's more experts that don't know anything in the world I've ever heard of in my life. I ain't got a medical degree. I ain't got a political degree. All I know is God's called me to lead this church. I'm doing the best I can with the direction God gives me as I worship him in my prayer closet and God gives me leadership of the Holy Ghost. And I don't apologize for it. There's got to be a Joshua, amen? We can't vote on everything. We just got to go on for God. But look at this. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. And to, the, and to us which are saved, it is the power of God. Folks, a lot of people in that crowd, I guarantee said, this is really crazy. This is foolish. Joshua, you have lost it. And look at this. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will uh, bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise and where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Boy, isn't that the truth? For after that, in the wisdom of, the, of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. How many appreciate preaching? Say amen. And folks, I want to tell you something. I appreciate the word of God, and I appreciate the God of the word. If he says, if he says March, I'm going to just say how fast and how hard, God. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. But if you say follow you, that's where I'm going to follow you. Folks, we need to get out of our comfort zone. We need to get out of what we feel like doing. 
We need to find out what God feels like doing. Amen. We need to feel, we need to keep our focus on souls being saved and God to get the glory. We don't need to figure out what's best for us. It's what's best for God that counts. Don't think that you're a hypocrite, though, when you obey and you don't feel like it. Because I want to tell you something. If you go by feelings, you're going to be a faltering, failing, fickled Christian. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, and you're going to be persuaded by every slight of man. But praise God, friend, what we need to do is we need to obey God whether we feel like it or not. We need to be disciplined. I know when I was growing up, my mother disciplined me about the things of God. She made me go to church when I didn't want to go to church. There was no excuse, and as long as I lived in her house, she called it her house, it was her house, we was going to church, and we was going to go every time the doors opened. And when we got there, we was going to listen, and we was going to respond. And I think, I'm going to tell you something. That was my university like Moses had on mama's knees. I thank God for her consistency. I thank God for her determination. I thank God for her stubbornness. Because I'm going to tell you something. Live with an alcoholic. You can quit very easily. You can give up on everything. You can get sour and cynical and bitter. But she said, no, we're going to church. And guess what? She said that to daddy on Sunday morning where he didn't eat. Amen. He might have been drunk all week, but I'm going to tell you something. Praise God on Sunday morning. He went there, got out his Sunday school courtly. That's why I can't stand courtly. And uh, he, he got the Sunday school, Sunday school courtly out and read it during every message so he wouldn't get under conviction. But God called him. God convicted him. And it was because somebody had a work of faith. said, I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm not going to give up on him. Sometimes you prove your love and faith more by overmastering your feelings and just simply obey it. Folks, don't live by your feelings. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Number three, there's the weight of faith. Now here's the hard part. Look at verse 14 of Joshua 6. The Bible says in the second day they compassed the city once and returned to the camp. So they did six days. Folks, I want to tell you something. They got up, and their one calling for that day was go around that huge walls that represented a great, mighty army of the world, of the devil, of the flesh. And I can imagine a lot of them. Then on the seventh day, he said, we got some new instructions. Or here's the instructions. We're going around this thing seven times. Folks, I guarantee you, can you imagine some people saying, wait a minute, Josh, Brother Josh, Pastor Josh, Commanding General Josh, I'm getting tired. I'm wore out. Can you imagine after about the sixth day, and I probably he probably didn't tell them the whole plan because they couldn't took it. He's, can you imagine the crowd saying, this ain't working. This is just not working. I mean, this, this marching around one time a day, it's not working. I can hear them now. But God teaches a great lesson. And that lesson is this. We need to wait on the Lord. We need to wait on him. I want you to turn to 
Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. Real quick, Isaiah 30, verse 18. I'll try to have you out of here at 7. I know it's hard wearing those masks. It's hard not having a nursery. But soon, very soon, I believe, we'll come back to all of that. I pray. Some people say it'll never be the same in a negative tone. I hope it's not the same. I hope it's better. Amen. By faith, I hope it's better. Brother uh, Chris, I've never seen the bus ministry so strong in many, many years, so vibrant, so many people have been saved. But I believe with the greatest days there are ministries ahead. If I didn't believe that, I'd just retire early and call it decently bowing out. But I believe the greatest days this church could be ahead of us if we'll take these lessons by faith and operate by faith and not our figuring and not our feelings. Amen. And not out of fear, but go forth for God. And I mean, we need to be cautious and we need to be uh, wise. God give us a head and knowledge that we need to uh, adhere to. But I want to tell you something, friend. We need not to lose faith during this time. That'd be the worst tragedy that could ever happen is that we'd lose faith during this time. Look at Isaiah chapter 30. By the way, I know a lot of my pastor friends that are losing faith. They are so fed up with the disunity. They're so fed up with the rules and regulations of, of the health department. They're so fed up, they're about to quit. They're just about to quit. Now they're having church and nobody's coming back. Thank God you're here. It's a great encouragement. Folks, we need to pray for other pastors who are going through a far worse time. Some churches weren't strong like ours was when we went into this. And now they are so decimated. They don't know if they're going to make it. I've had preachers call me up and say, I don't think we'll make it. Weeping on the phone. I don't think we'll make it. But Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18, tells us how Joshua made it. And it says, And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. See, the Lord waits too on perfect timing. And therefore will he be exalted he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. Folks, listen, let's don't get ahead of God. But let's certainly don't park it somewhere in neutrality and bitterness and heartache and discouragement and quit. Don't give up on the brink of a miracle. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, and I'll try to close. I really enjoyed preaching tonight. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 36, excuse me, yeah, 36, for you have need of patience. How many need patience, amen? I didn't know I needed so much patience. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Amen? Be patient. Do the will of God and receive the promise. Folks, I want to tell you something. Joshua was doing some things that he didn't figure, he couldn't figure out. But thank God for that worship time. Thank God for that meeting with the captain of the host. Thank God for a word from the Lord that directed him to do something unusual. He said, oh, no, this is just a children's story. That's what's wrong with you. You don't believe the Bible. Story for parents to raise children. Right? 
by faith. And then number four, let me just say quickly, there's a word of faith. The word of faith. We have a weight of faith, but we have a word of faith. Look at Joshua chapter 6, verse 15. It came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. After, after the, uh, it says, let me read that again. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. For six days consecutively, they've been one time around and then they went back home or went back to the camp. And folks, I want to tell you something. Joshua is speaking a word of faith. Look at verse 2. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 2, it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Isn't that enough? Folks, God's speaking tonight. Not because I'm preaching, but because the word of God's being preached. And he said, the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given unto thy hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. Folks, he was operating on a word from God. That's the best way to operate. Amen? You won't vacillate. You won't vacate. You'll operate. There'll be a work of faith because there's a word of faith. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And folks, we must hear the instructions of God. We must hear, thus saith the Lord. We need Sunday school. We need Sunday night. We need Wednesday night. Hey, we need daily devotions. We need Bible study. We need daily Bible reading. And friend, if you think you can operate on your word or mama's word or daddy's word or the preacher's word or some other deacon's word or whatever word, you've got another thought coming. You need a word from God. And believe God. Folks, you believe God for what's in God's heart. And God's heart was to deliver his people, but also to bless his people. Faith is simply agreeing with the word of God. It's a word in the spirit that speaks to our heart. It's like prayer. A prayer that gets to heaven begins in heaven. We got to find out the will of God. We got to let the Holy Spirit intercede. And folks, the Bible tells us that he'll never leave us or forsake us. The Bible says he'll forgive us of our sins. And folks, confessions made unto salvation, there is the word of faith. We learn to speak the word of God. We learn to say what God is saying. There's a worship of faith. Praise God, there's a work of faith. And there's a way to faith. Because there is a word of faith. When God speaks, that's enough. But it's not going to be applied to your heart unless you obey. Unless you obey and say, I'll step out by faith. Tis done, just like you said, Lord. And then last but not least, here it is. Verse 20 of Joshua chapter 6, the wonder of faith. The wonder of faith. Joshua 6, verse 20. The Bible says, so the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. It came to pass. Don't you like that? And it came to pass. I was riding down the road, minding my own business. A good old black preacher came on the air, and he just preached on that one phrase, and it came to pass, and it came to pass. Matter of fact, he couldn't read, and he hollered at his wife and said, Read, woman. I said, boy, you better watch out about that. You better say, read, 
first lady of the church. Or, but he said, read, woman. And she'd read, and he said, it came to pass. I said, you're going to come to pass, too, if you don't show a little respect for your wife. But anyway, it was a good sermon. It came to pass. And when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, all by direction from Joshua, who got his directions in the worship time on holy ground when he pulled off his shoes and said, this is so holy, I'm going to take off my shoes. And it says, and the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. They took the city. The priest blew the trumpet. The people shouted. wall fell. The people went into the city and took it. People went in by faith and claimed their possession. Isn't that what we're studying? Hebrews 11, 1 through 40 is all exploits and testimonies and a witness that God is able. Maybe not the way we planned it. There's some suffering, there's some death, there's some martyrs in this chapter, but it's how God planned it and God brought the victory. And God is the victory that overcometh the world. So God still works miracles. How many believe that? Say amen. Some people don't believe in miracles. You let the charismatic steal all your miracles. Folks, God still works miracles. God still saves souls. That's the greatest miracle of all. It's good to see the young man got sure salvation a couple of weeks here this morning. Christian. Sitting next. No, Jesus, I think it was. Sitting next to Christian. Well, they had two good names. Amen. And folks, God works wonders when people believe. And that's Hebrews 11. And you can know this victory by simply trusting God. And through faith, there is victory. Through unbelief, there's judgment. Folks, not only was the children of Israel blessed, I'm going to tell you something. The children of Jericho was judged. And they, and they, were, they were the worst of worse. They were sacrificing babies. They were worshiping demons. They were so immoral. It was, a, it was an act of their worship, their immorality. And God judged them. And God's going to judge America if we don't get right with God. And folks, I want you to know, he blessed Israel, but he judged Jericho. And folks, America's ripe for judgment. The cup of sin is filled to the Folks, the world's worse than it's ever been. And I believe we're nearing the future trumpet. It's going to sound soon. Soon there's going to be another shout, the shout of an archangel. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive remain shall be called up to be with the Lord forever. And folks, all the kingdoms of this world is going to crumble when God touches this earth seven days later. Folks, there'll be the government upon his shoulders, and that's when everything will be all right. The Prince of Peace will rule this earth. And folks, in an hour that you think not, just be obedient. Keep on marching. Keep on shouting. Keep on worshiping. Don't pout. Don't get bitter. Don't retreat. Don't second guess your leader. Just follow God and let God give you a word. And in the midst of it, 
Don't lose the wonder of it all. The wonder of faith that God gives us a word and that God is able to bring that word to pass and we can have victory over the obstacles through faith. Father, use this message. Thank you, God, for this thought of faith that gives us victories over the obstacles. Overcoming the obstacles by faith. Lord, there's so many. Sometimes I believe that myself is the biggest obstacle I have. Fear is an obstacle. Figuring is an obstacle. Hurt and failure is an obstacle. But God help us to see beyond those walls of Jericho. Help us to see and hear a word from heaven. God, help us to see you as the Lord of hosts. And God, help us to realize you hadn't come to take sides because there should be no sides, especially in the local church. God, you've come to take over. Lord God, help us to be the kind of believing leader. Believe you, God, to lead, to bless overcome every obstacle that we face. Lord, thank you for the abundant life. Thank you for bringing us out to bring us in. We thank you for that sweet fellowship. We thank you for the sovereign victory of following you, our Lord and Savior, our God Almighty, on the right hand of God, leading and interceding through the Holy Spirit given us a word from the Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I don't know about you, but I needed this message. I don't know about you, but I, I needed it. I'm glad I was here tonight. If none of you showed up, I'd have preached it to myself. But have me say, preacher, I got some obstacles. I got some heartbreaks. You don't have to get up and testify to what they are. Most people already know it, especially if you're on Facebook. You'd say, Dear God, I don't want to quit. I don't want to give up. I don't want to lose faith. There's many Jerichos you're facing, but you'd say, Dear God, help me to get a word from the Lord and to get a get get a, a worship of faith during all this trials and tribulations that all of us are trying to figure out. We shouldn't even try to figure it out, just faith it out. Say, I need more faith. That's your prayer tonight. Don't feel ashamed if you do that because the disciples, they prayed that prayer to increase our faith. But you say, Preacher, I need more faith. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? I got to raise mine. Boy, don't we get our eyes on the walls so much? I mean, it seems like they always they, they, they rebuild the walls faster than they fall. There's so many walls in our lives, so many heartaches, so many obstacles the devil wants to shine every day and he wants you to go to bed thinking about him, thinking about him. You stay up half the night and lose a good night's rest because you all you don't see the walls instead of you see, instead of seeing the Lord. The Lord of hosts. Father, I pray that you'd use this message now. God, I, I, I feel like I feel like uh, you, you, you're blessed tonight. I feel like you touched my heart through the word. And Lord, I know that you lead your dear children long. Sometimes it's through heartaches, sometimes it's through pain and problems, but it's all through the blood. It's all through 
somebody possessed or somebody else that we're praying for and love so much possesses the abundant life and has a wonderful marriage and a wonderful life, wonderful children, we'll give you the credit and the glory for giving us a word from the Lord and giving us faith to believe and possess it. 